welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Christian Project, where we seek to connect our faith to our fitness, our health, and everything in between. If you haven't checked out this podcast before, make sure to give it a thumbs up or rate or whatever it is that we're doing on podcasts these days. And you can also leave a comment if you're listening on Spotify. Helps out the podcast. Helps me to figure out any new topics to talk about, any questions you may have. Now, Today's topic is one that I think is timely seeing that January is coming up and this is when most people are starting their New Year's resolutions. And let's be honest, most New Year's resolutions are I'm going to lose that 20 pounds that I put on this year or I'm going to start hitting the gym or I'm going to run a marathon or something health related. But it's kind of sad to see. I'm pretty sure the statistic is, and don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure the statistic is 90% of people who set New Year's resolutions fail, which means 10%. That's it. It's a very small one in 10 people will continue and actually reach their goals. And I'm pretty sure of the 90%, it was like a 60 or 70% of them stop re- like working on their goals within the first couple of weeks. So here's what I want to do during this episode. I want to give you, first of all, the hierarchy of importance for fat loss, seeing that's that's one of the most common goals there is, losing fat throughout the new year, so that you don't waste your time doing endless cardio in the gym and not getting motivated. But I also want to understand or help you understand that is how fat loss works, what's important, what's not important, and you know, just stuff like that. So that's what we're going to be tackling today. Let's start off with how fat loss works. Fat loss is simple, but it's not easy. And before we even chat about what, like how it works in the first place, I want you to ask yourself, why do I want to lose fat? Because when it comes to exercise, our motivation should be to glorify God and to serve him and to serve our neighbor, not to serve ourselves. I was writing in my book the other day, and I I wrote something interesting because a lot of people come up to me and say, you know, I have no motivation to exercise or low motivation or whatever it is. But I was thinking to myself, what if it's not that you have no motivation? What if it's something else? What if you have the wrong motivation? What if your motivation to exercise is, you know, to look better and to to look a little better in those clothes that you used to fit in or whatever it is? I'm not saying that's the wrong motivation, but think of it like this. If your motivation is to glorify yourself, you're going to be using your own strength to get there. Of course, you're not going to have enough strength to reach your goals. Maybe some people do, and that's fine. But for the vast majority of us, on our own strength, that's why we've never been able to maintain a solid fitness routine and reach our goals. But if your motivation is to glorify God, to serve God, you're no longer running on your own strength, but you're running on his because he supplies us with all our needs. So think about that. Why do you want to lose fat? Is it to glorify yourself or to glorify him? Okay. Now on to the mechanisms of fat loss. First of all, there's no secret. There's always a different way that these enormous companies market fat loss to the world, but it doesn't mean that that's the only way that works. You know, I'm sure you've heard of keto or aerobic training or the, what's that new one for the treadmill? It's like the 12... 
incline for 20 minutes at three kilometers an hour or something like that or the fat burning zone or you know orange theory has splat points or if you get 12 to 20 splat points then your body is in a a state of fat burning for the next 24 to 48 hours they're all different versions of the same principle so what is that principle well to understand fat loss we need to understand metabolism what is your metabolism? Well, I'm I'm sure that you've heard someone say, oh, my metabolism slowed down and that's why I can't lose weight. Well, let's break down what that means. Your metabolism is how much energy your body uses per day. How much energy your body uses per day. And that's typically measured in calories. Everything from breathing, digestion, that extremely powerful brain of yours, movement, and everything in between affects your metabolism. Now, what's crazy is your metabolism is unique to you. For example, if you and I ate the same thing every single day to the gram, did the same movements every day, we did the same exercises, ran on the treadmill, whatever it is, You could be gaining weight and I could be losing weight at the same time we're doing the same thing. Sounds kind of unfair, doesn't it? In a way, it it may be, but in a way, it's also not because there are a ton of things that affect your metabolism. I hope that makes sense. So let's talk a little bit about muscle mass because this is one of those things that does affect your metabolism. Muscle mass is... You've ever wondered why Dwayne Johnson is able to eat like 8,000 calories in a day and still say, still stay jacked? Well, it's like a tongue twister right there. It's because of muscle mass. And muscle mass is one of those things that has an incredible amount of influence over your metabolism and over your body. Put it simply, having more muscle means you're burning more calories throughout the day without having to do anything. Why? Because muscle needs constant energy just to maintain it and even more energy to use it. In comparison, your fat doesn't need energy, but rather it is energy. And so you don't burn calories for having fat. It's very similar to think of it like a passive income. Building muscle gives you the best return on your investment. Additionally, having more muscle mass means you need more protein. And protein is the macronutrient, if you've ever seen it on like your your food, if you open up the, what's it called, caloric label, the nutritional label, there will be calories underneath that, there will be carbohydrates, there will be fats, and there will be protein. Protein is the macronutrient that helps you maintain your muscle mass. So when you eat more protein, you're actually able to burn more calories as well. And thus, it's affecting your metabolism because you're doing something called increasing your diet-induced thermogenesis. Now, I I know that sounds like a big word, but essentially what diet-induced thermogenesis, it's just a fancy way of saying that protein takes energy to digest it. And thus, you're burning more calories because you're digesting. If you've ever met those people, I am one of those people, who eat and then overheat afterwards, like I'm giving off a lot of heat, it's because my digestive system is working hard to metabolize what I ate. So given that, I want to understand metabolism and break it down into three categories without overcomplicating it. 
Number one is your resting metabolic rate or your basal metabolic rate. If you ever heard of that, it's essentially how many calories your body needs just per you know per day while you're resting just to exist. You're not moving. This is not including movement. It's not including digestion or anything like that. Just how many calories your body burns while resting, while existing, while surviving. So for example, let's just make this easy. Let's say it's uh, 1500 calories. And that's just, you know, to keep the blood pumping, to keep your brain working, to keep everything smoothly running. Your resting metabolic rate is usually 60 to 70% of your metabolism. After that, there is what we call diet-induced thermogenesis, which is what I just mentioned a couple minutes ago. That means how much heat you create when digesting food, because digesting food also needs calories. That's about 10% of your metabolism. And then finally, we have physical activity, which is how many calories you burn by moving throughout the day. This is where cardio and strength training and aerobic training and fats, all that stuff comes into play. And that's about 20 to 30%. Now, this is important. If you're trying to lose fat, do not try to consume the amount of calories of your resting metabolic rate. I'm going to repeat that. If you're trying to lose fat, do not try to consume the same amount of calories as your resting metabolic rate. So some people see like, oh, okay, I need 1500 calories a day just to exist. And then they're only going to eat 1500 calories a day or even less than that. This is a facade. It's actually a very effective way to torture your body. And here's why. When you consume too few calories long-term, your body will catch on. Your, your body is actually very smart. If you're not eating enough, your body will enter this kind of scarcity mode. It will slow down everything, including your metabolism, because every calorie that you are giving your body is so valuable. Your body will do everything it can to hang on to it and use it wisely. Think of it like your body kind of becomes like a homeless person. And if you give him a dollar, he's going to use that dollar as, as wisely, hopefully as wisely as he can. And what's worse, your body will actually burn muscle because muscle is easier to get rid of than fat, which causes your metabolism to decrease because we know about muscle mass, which increases your metabolism. So your body, if you eat less than your resting metabolic rate, you'll actually burn muscle and hang on to fat because your body wants that extra fat. It needs the extra energy. So don't do that. And another thing, don't trust the scale. And here's why. When you work out this way by trying to put on more muscle mass, because you understand that more muscle mass increases your metabolism, it's a better return on your investment. And simply having more muscle means you're burning extra calories without the day, without having to do anything. When you understand that and you begin to do strength training and trying to build muscle, you'll notice something. And this may bother you. The number on the scale won't change. In fact, it may even go up, but your body composition will change. That's okay. So my question for you, are you trying to lose fat or are you trying to lose weight? 
Because I'm sure the things that you've done in the past have helped you to lose weight, but that weight was not fat. It was very likely muscle. What you're doing now is you're going to be losing fat, the the thing that actually you don't need, and putting on muscle, something that helps you in your day-to-day. So who cares if the scale stays the same? So what should you do instead? Stop measuring your progress by what the scale is telling you. The scale is a liar. Instead, measure your progress by taking progress pictures of your front, of your side, of your back. You can also take you know, body measurements, measure your waist, measure your biceps, measure your thighs, and that will give you a clear view of how your body has changed. And also measure how much stronger you're getting, you know, like how much you're, if you're lifting heavier and stuff like that, this will give you a much clearer view of how much your body is changing. Okay. Now that we understand the importance of muscle mass and metabolism, and it's how metabolism is affected, it's affected by your resting metabolic rate, it's affected by the food that you eat and the physical activity that you do, we can talk a little bit about the hierarchy of importance for fat loss. Number one is your nutrition. Nutrition should be the most important thing when it comes to fat loss. You've, you may have heard the term, you can't out-train a bad diet. I'm not a big fan of this term because I think you can out-train a bad diet, but I also think it's a lot harder to out-train a bad diet. Um, for someone like me who goes on bike rides and these bike rides burn one to 3,000 calories, it can be hard to get enough food in. But for most people who don't get enough physical activity in and they end up eating more than their body needs, it's very hard to lose that fat. So number one is nutrition. Number two is strength training. Now we mentioned earlier strength training because you want to build muscle. Muscle helps you burn more calories. Would you rather, you know, imagine you're going to the bank. Would you, if you have $100 and let's say for some reason, the bank has a very fast interest rate and you can get a little bit more. Would you rather just go take that $100 and spend it on something? Or would you rather put it in the bank and somehow you come out with like 110 the next day? That's kind of very similar to spending your time on cardio, which is just, you know, you're, you're burning energy. Fantastic. But then what versus strength training, which means now your body needs more energy throughout the day and you get to eat a little bit more. Number three. So one is nutrition. Two is strength training. Three is HIT or high intensity interval training. If you've ever heard of that, that's kind of where you bring your heart rate up and then you bring it back down and bring it up and bring it back down. If you've done orange theory or any kind of HIT workout in the past, it's very effective because it does put your body, assuming you spent enough time uh, with your heart rate high, it does put your body in that fat burning zone afterwards. And essentially what this is called is EPOC or excessive post-exercise oxygen recovery um, and consumption, meaning you're going to need to eat and consume more calories throughout the day for yourself to recover. I know we're going, uh, we're making like a lot of technological terms here, but don't worry about it. Just focus on the basics, nutrition, strength training, high intensity. And then finally, number four is low intensity, steady state cardio which is unfortunately what most people put as number one. So if you haven't noticed, it's like everyone has it backwards right now. 
people are trying to do cardio and HIIT workouts to lose fat before they start doing strength training or changing their diet. Cardio is not going to help you. It's not the top of the pyramid. I think, I don't know. It depends on what you're looking at, which way you're looking at the pyramid. My pyramid's upside down right now. But the entire point here is the less time you have available to train, the more you should stick on focusing on priorities one and two, which are nutrition and strength training. Because those give you the biggest return on your investment. But the more time you have available to train, the more you can also focus on priorities three and four. But again, they're lower priorities than one and two. The fastest way for you to lose fat is to do two to three strength training sessions a week, one to two, let's say metabolic interval sessions or HIIT workouts, and, you know, spending a little bit of time in low intensity, steady state cardio throughout the day. But most importantly is doing your nutrition. And just like a little fun fact here, the fat that you do lose will not turn into muscle. Fat does not just transform magically into muscle the same way a Honda Civic will not transform into a Lamborghini. The fat will be excreted or removed in a few pathways, such as your kidney or even when you exhale. All right. We have the hierarchy of importance. We understand how fat loss works. We understand metabolism and we understand the importance of building muscle. Now, remember in metabolism, one of those things was physical activity, which yes, does include, you know, strength training and HIIT workouts and and low intensity cardio. But now let's also talk about NEAT. Yeah, that's NEAT. Ha ha ha. Non-exercise activity thermogenesis another big word it's thermogenesis just means you're like you're using energy creating heat Um, but non-exercise activity that's what i want to focus on here it's the idea that the movement and activity you do throughout the day adds up and affects how many calories you're burning and this does not include exercise so for example Maybe you parked a little bit further from the mall or from the grocery store. And so you had to get maybe like, I don't know, 40 or 50 extra steps in. Or maybe you, I don't know, you're, you're doing lots of chores around the house and you're walking up and down the stairs. It's not, it's not really exercise, but it's still like activity. It's fidgeting. It's shaking your leg. It's pacing back and forth or whatever this is. This kind of movement actually helps you burn more calories throughout the day and affect your metabolism. God created your body so that you can use it. You don't need to stay strapped into a desk all day. Okay, that's non-activity, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So to give you a quick recap, first of all, we have to understand the reason you need to lose fat is not for yourself, or the reason you want to lose fat, let me rephrase that, should not be for yourself. It should be to serve God better and to serve others and to use your body to glorify him, not to glorify yourself. Do you want to be running on your own strength or the Lord's strength? Second, we have to understand metabolism. And that's your metabolism affects how fast and how much fat you will lose. Your metabolism is affected by your body's basic systems. It's affected by, you know, how much energy you need just to survive, how much you move, how much muscle you have, and what you will eat. And then there's strength training, 
which is the best way to lose fat over a long period of time. Why? Because it's like a passive income investment. If you have $100, you want to get 110. You don't just want to spend your $100. If you have one hour to train, you don't just want to burn calories in that hour. You might as well put it towards getting something in return. It's the best way to lose fat. Um, And if you pair it with your nutrition and eating more protein, then you are going to see much better results than if you only go in and force yourself to do lots of cardio. The scale is a liar. And you're going to be losing fat, but may not lose weight this way. And that's okay. I hope that makes sense. That brings us to the end of this episode, the ultimate guide to fat loss. So my question for you is, what do you want? Do you want to lose weight or do you want to lose fat? And also, do you want to do this the sustainable way or do you want to do it the quick way? Because I think I would be, is it remiss or remiss? I don't know. I'd be one of those two if I didn't chat about sustainability. Because I get a lot of people coming to me and telling me, you know, I've put on 30 pounds over the past six months and I want to lose it in the next two. I'm like, if it took you six months to put on 30 pounds, you're not going to lose it in two, or at least you're not going to lose it sustainably. You can, but you're going to gain it all back and maybe even a little bit more. Sustainability means taking the slow route, but keeping it off over a long period of time. And the slow route, let's be honest, is this route. You could go and do endless cardio and a very restrictive diet and lose the weight super quick. But then when you realize you can't sustain it, you can't maintain it, you're going to gain it all back. Or You can go and be smart about your time and about your nutrition and make slow changes to your nutrition, eat more protein, spend time strength training, and do all this and lose the weight slowly, but keep it off. Your choice. If you've made it to the end of this episode and you enjoyed it, again, please don't forget to give it a five star or whatever it is. Leave a comment, even share it with someone who needs to hear this because this is information that most people aren't going to tell you, unfortunately, but it needs to be heard. You don't need to do endless cardio to lose weight. Understand the hierarchy of importance for your fat loss and begin to see results sustainably instead of quickly. I hope you enjoyed this episode and catch us next time on another episode of the Healthy Christian Project.